You're listening to For the Republic, a love letter to Star Wars animation. Welcome to another episode of For the Republic, a love letter to Star Wars animation. This is a big week for Star Wars fans because Star Wars Celebration Anaheim is on the horizon and none of us are going. Woo! It's going to be a great time. <laughs> yeah. But we are still None of here. us go in. <laughs> we are still here. We're going to be doing a celebration preview and we are, of course, going to be continuing our Clone Wars Rewatch. We are talking about the Domino Squad episodes this week, Clone Cadets and Rookies. It's going to be a really fun one. I am one of your hosts as always, Andrew. I am joined once again by Don and Connor. How are you guys today? I'm doing great, man. <laughs> yeah, uh, keep, I'm going to keep it short. I had hernia surgery uh, literally the day of uh, last Monday. Um, so that's fun. I'm been I'm I'm doing a lot better now, but like, dude, at time of record. Okay, so at time of record, we're recording on Monday, May twenty third. Four days until Kenobi. Four days until Kenobi, days. and three days until Celebration. Like I am so unbelievably hyped. Week this is for Star a, Wars. What oh, a week! This I'm is so be excited. A great one. The hype is two very episodes real. too. Here's the thing. Here's the other thing about this. Like, we're getting the first two episodes during celebration, and then like almost everyone else is gonna fly back from California. They're gonna start getting back into their work week on Tuesday, on on Monday and Tuesday, and then bam, before we even know, we're already halfway through this show with the next episode. Like that's wild to think about. Have they said that the rest of the episodes are gonna be releasing on Wednesdays or Fridays yet? Oh yeah, they said they're releasing on Wednesdays. They're releasing on Wednesday. So why the Friday? Yeah. Like I don't know. I assume celebration. Or I, I just yeah. remember because when I I knew I wasn't going to be able to go. So long story short, for those who haven't heard, I had tickets. I still have tickets. I've had them since 2019. I was not able to uh, transfer them or sell them in time. So they're just sitting on my uh, my dresser right now which is just very depressing but i at least have the badges i could pretend i went uh but when i knew because i i have another vacation schedule which we've we've talked about connor and i might be meeting up rain pending to watch yep. some of those episodes uh but I, I took that wednesday off because i was like okay I'm leaving Thursday but I'm gonna take that Wednesday off because I'm just gonna watch Kenobi I'm gonna record whatever recaps I need to record whatever social media I want to do for this and then like literally two days later they announced all right yeah we're moving the premiere to Friday I'm like great all right well now I'm I don't know if I'm gonna be able to watch them on the vacation but we'll figure that out when we get there um but I'm very excited for that show that is literally my dream style like i've been waiting my whole life as a star wars fan for this show so i'm so excited and i cannot wait to see ewan and hayden back in their roles again it's going to be beautiful a little housekeeping off the bat we're going to be starting with our celebration preview and then diving into clone wars but uh, a couple things dropped related to our podcast first 
Earlier in the week, we dropped our Queen's Hope book discussion. I had David, the Star Wars historian, on with us. It was a absolute great discussion. If you have not listened to that one yet, we talk about a lot, not just the book, but a lot of stuff related to the fandom and a little teases at Brotherhood, which I have... I'm only about seven chapters in right now, but it is so good. And I am just so shocked at how well Mike Chen writes these characters. I want him to write every Star Wars book. Uh, in this era going forward. He's just the best. Uh, but the other thing we announced is I announced on our Twitter yesterday that we were going to be doing some Obi-Wan Kenobi coverage and my friend Chloe, aka Lightsaber Queen, is joining us for those recaps. It was uh, great to see the positive response to that announcement. Uh, we've already got quite a few new followers just from the announcement. So if you're joining us for the first time, hello. Hope you Hope you like what you're hearing. Hope you stick with us. Uh, and we're really excited for what we have coming uh, forward for that. It's going to be a great time. Uh, they're probably going to be releasing weekends for the exception of the first week because I will be out of town and will not be able to record. So you can probably expect the episode one and two recaps to drop probably Tuesday uh, is my guess because I'll probably want to record them literally as soon as I'm getting off the plane on Monday or Tuesday morning uh and then they'll be going well if they're releasing wednesdays they'll probably be releasing on thursdays or fridays is my guess but i'm still trying to figure that out but it'll be a fun time and i cannot wait i'm sure we'll all be involved in some way shape or form throughout this uh another thing is it's once again just three of us uh jake is not here again today the poor bastard's gotta work uh but he <laughs> was like yeah i'll be back next episode uh guys yeah uh, sorry nope can't i'm like well uh but he will we will make sure he is here for our next episode because our next episode whether or not we call it an episode of the show proper or not is going to be our celebration recap which we're going to be talking about everything that we're previewing here we're going to be talking about it after we see it and know all the big news and that's going to be just an absolute blast to record and we'll make sure all four of us are there for that one because we're gonna have a lot to talk about aside from that i think we should just dive right in uh the only other thing is uh last week was the attack of the clones 20th anniversary which i know connor celebrated i know i I, i've been celebrating and uh for anyone that is going to celebration that is lucky enough to be there if you could please Get me that 20th anniversary Attack of the Clones tea. Uh, I will uh, love you forever. And uh, that's all I have to say. But let's dive into our preview. We're just going to be going through some panels that stick out to us. The beauty about Celebration is that there are so many panels, big and small. And that is the one thing I am very bummed about not being there this year. Is I'm not going to be able to experience the panels that don't get live streamed. Whether that be... Some of the uh, ones like the ones that went over like concept design or music. I know David W. Collins and Doug Chang did some amazing ones in Chicago last celebration, which were some of my absolute highlights. But also the fan-created panels, whether those be the podcast ones or uh, fan panels. They're all just great times. And when I went uh, both for the Orlando and the Chicago celebration, they were absolute delights but the big panel for thursday morning on the celebration stage is the lucasfilm studio showcase 
says, Star Wars Celebration Returns, launching with a must-see showcase that will kick the weekend's festivities into hyperdrive. Lucasfilm's current crop of live-action filmmakers will be joined by special guests to discuss the many Star Wars adventures coming soon, including Obi-Wan, Andor, and The Mandalorian. So, this is probably where we're going to be getting a lot of our TV news. Uh, you got to wonder, because this they're going to be talking Obi-Wan, and I'm assuming... that I mean, Deborah Chow is definitely going to be there, is my guess, but I'm assuming one of like someone's gonna pop up and considering this is the day before the first episode drops how tight do you think they got it they're gonna be like sweating bullets like to not dude i like okay honestly like i'm just gonna go through my entire predictions for the lucasfilm studio showcase at this point but like when it comes okay i'll just go through all the shows so obi-wan for obi-wan i just think they're just not gonna even like talk about it that much like, oh yeah it's coming up you know literally tomorrow uh here's deborah to talk about it a bit more and it's like dude she's already talked about it like at length as much as she freaking can um so like i just don't think there's really not gonna be there's not gonna be that much to it they're just gonna be like oh yeah obi-wan's coming move on it's coming tomorrow let's go um and then like Andor, we're getting a trail we're getting a trail like come on you're like, dude, bruh, we're getting a trailer for Andor. I seriously think we are. I think I think we're gonna get a trailer for Andor for Mando. I think they're gonna touch on it, but then it's just gonna be like, it's just like I think for Mando and Ahsoka, um, they're just gonna be like, um, we're gonna find out a bit more about what the story of Ahsoka is, but like, nothing really. Do you think we get other than time? that? casting news or anything like that or nezra i think we'll get Ooh, that's yeah that's don and i were talking in the pre-show um i think we could get thrawn casts find out find out who is who in this show like what characters are playing who um and then mando season three i'm thinking they're gonna save all of that they're gonna like touch on it and then just save the rest of it for the mando plus panel because we're deaf i feel like we're gonna get a logo and a trailer. Um, yeah. At the Mando Plus? Yeah, at the Mando yeah. Plus. Yeah, uh, that makes the most sense. Let's see. Yeah. I think we're going to get updates on Droid Story and the Lando show, hopefully. Um, I hope it's not those... they're scrapped. Uh, yeah, same. Because I, I just I think those are going to be so, so fun. Um, Agreed. But, but the Kathleen... Kennedy interview from Vanity Fair makes me very worried that they're just going to be like, yeah, Donald Glover, no one wants to see that. And I'll be like, you are very wrong. Uh, but no, nah, I don't think no. she'll say that. Uh, I, I she's not. I, I, I think, I think they've made it clear that the show is still happening, but it's, um, it's down the line. Do you think we're going to get any acolyte news or I think we're going to get some, like just a bit more about like who the characters could be a bit more about the era for, you know, for casual fans, that'll be nice, but for us, it'll be just a good reminder. Um, is it, because this is just an ignorant question on my end, is this the only panel of the whole weekend that Andor is going to be talked about? Is the studio so Probably. Showcase? I think so, yeah. Because, okay. like, there's nothing other... else in the schedule. Then, though, really. in that case, I do agree with you that I think we'll get a trailer because they're, they're sticking with that late summer release date. Uh, we yep. know it's shot. And I just think 
it, it's i mean we've had like a sizzle reel they dropped like yep yeah. over a year ago at this point but we're, i think we're and definitely just gonna like get come on we need footage man we're gonna get some story footage beats, maybe announce some some original characters because we know mon mothma and we know cassian uh yeah i'm very excited to see what is going on here uh i think on the film side of news we're going to definitely find out what Taika's film is. Like, we're probably going to get a title reveal and a logo. Uh, Feige's movie is the interesting one to me because, like, I could see Feige himself showing up and coming out and being like, yeah, this is going to be, I'm, doing, I'm producing a Star Wars movie. This is the writer who we pretty much know will be Michael Waldron. It just will be officially revealed. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, this is who's directing it, and then, like, that's about it. Like, I don't know if, like, there's not going to be a title yet or anything. Could um, still be Chloe Zhao. That would be insane. That would be such a misdirect. I'd, oh, yeah. I'd like it. I have to Marvel, see Marvel are known for their misdirects, yeah, for I sure. Still to, oh, I still need to watch Eternals. But um, I'll get to it in, like, five years. Real, um, real quick, <laughs> I just want to point out, because uh, the Vandy Fair article came out last week, which we're not really going to be talking about. But I, I do want to point out one thing that came out there because it might get talked about here. I am actually bummed that that Grammar Rodeo show isn't going to be a High Republic series. Uh, I, I actually That's don't the like, other show. I actually don't like that it's taking place in like the Mando timeline. I think that's becoming the new in between episode three and four. Like It's so overdone at this point. But... The beauty is, is that there's like it's made by John Watts. Yeah, I know. Like, there, there's so much that's the thing after that really that they can discuss. Yeah. Uh, but the, so like, the five yeah, years after gonna... Jedi, I'm just let's go somewhere else. But I wonder if it'll be like even further down. I don't know, but like that's that's, that's the other to be show filming soon. Like I think they said. Mm, June. I think apparently. I mean, we're gonna find out we'll officially. Find out. I think we'll get yeah. a title, and I think we'll. Yeah. I don't know about a release date, but we'll maybe we'll get casting news. Yeah, um, maybe so they bring I John Watts That's the on show. I think we're also gonna get. I, I, yeah. my guess is it's a Luke's Jedi Academy series. Is that's my guess my too? Guess. Um, uh, maybe we'll get a young Ben Solo. I don't know, but what I'm else? Looking forward to it. Yeah, I think, and then, like, my bold prediction for the studio showcase is we're going to get a new movie announcement or new show announcement that, like, none of us us could have seen coming. Like, none that were even rumored. See, my big thing that sticks out is they are still, they still have something scheduled for the December 2023 release date that has not been polled yet. I know they said that Rogue Squadron has been kind of pushed back a bit, so we know it's not going to be that. But have they have they been shooting something that we don't know about? Like that's my That's question. the thing. Like if they have damn. That's a, what, like, what a way to do that. start. Do that for the movies from now on. <laughs> Cuz yeah. like yeah. I like that surprise. Like that's why Rogue Squadron I really hope it gets made. Because that was legitimately the only thing, for some reason, during the Disney Plus Investors Day in November 2020? Or was it 2021? 2020, because it was uh, Gina Carano okay. hadn't been fired yet, because they announced... Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was when she was... That was when apparently a show led by her was supposed to be announced, but then Lucasfilm was like, nope. 
Um, yeah. Rogue Squadron being announced was the one announcement at that part of the panel, at that part of the stream that really knocked my socks off. Like, I was shocked. Same. So, I really hope this gets made. So, like, if they give us a Rogue Squadron style reveal where it's like, yeah, we're going to announce a movie and a concept that, like, you just didn't even think about. And it's just like, bro, what? Like, I, that would excite the hell out of me. Even if it's I'm going to be at work during that panel. Yeah. And I'm so mad. I think but I'll like, be in the money. airport during that panel. So I'll, I'll at least have something to watch. But uh, I'm just going to I'm just so going to get excited. updates on Twitter um, yeah. or whatever. And I'm going to be so mad. I don't know. I'll have to restrain myself like fully from actually looking at my phone for quote unquote boilers. But mm. like I think we're going to I think mo yeah, movie-wise we're might my bold prediction is we're going to get a new movie announcement and it's just going to be like what the fuck um in terms of TV shows. I think we're definitely going to get another you know, more other announcements, like maybe another animated show or maybe another live action show or both. I'm down with both. Give me both. Give me all the Star Wars. I know what Jake would love. Jake would love Resistance Season 3. I still <laughs> need to watch Season 2. And, like, that's not because... It's not because, like, oh, I hate Resistance. I actually really liked it. It's definitely a little wackier uh, for my taste, but, like, I still liked Season 1. I just need to get around to Season 2. <laughs> I watched like one episode of Resistance, but I yeah I def I'm I'm still wanting to like get on onto it because I liked what I I saw. I I, if I could like add cool. a bold prediction, it would. So Connor said about like his bold prediction being a new movie. I'm gonna take it one step further. My bold prediction will be at the very end they'll bring Daisy Ridley on and announce a new Jedi Order. Either, okay, they'll either bring Daisy Ridley or John Boyega on stage, and they'll either announce a new Jedi Order film, as is, as I've because I've heard the rumors, or a Finn Disney Plus show. Because both of those have been rumored. I'm and gonna cry if that happens. Bro, was, if yeah, I get like to see Ray in Star Wars again, I will lose my mind. I was gonna I say Post Rise of Skywalker animated series, but if it's like a live action film. Good I Lord. would die. Uh, I would just. Yeah. I could see it happening. I like like. Um, I don't think JJ Abrams will be back to direct. I think JJ Abrams would be announced as like a producer, and they'd have like another director, probably like an up and comer, or like someone who's like just a an, an orthodox choice, kind of like uh, how Rian Johnson was. But yeah, I feel like I feel like that's very possible. Either that or like I mean, my other like more conservative guess would be like they announced Book of Boba Fett season two. Because there's That's been another thing, yeah. I wonder if that will happen. And then the other thing I have is... So, in terms of what will happen with Jedi Survivor, in terms of, like, what happens with it at Celebration, my two guesses are, A, we find out stuff about it at the Studio Showcase. But, like, obviously that's probably not going to be the case because it's live-action filmmakers and it's a video game. So... This isn't my idea, but a friend of mine said that maybe he could see where they cut to the uh, Celebration live team or something, and they have, like, Cameron Monaghan or Vince Impala or Stigas Musin or whatever, some or an, a creative on that team where they talk about it a bit and they show a teaser. 
And if they show a teaser, I'm inconsolable. I'm just gonna die. Yeah, like um, they show a teaser, and then they and then it either reveals Maul or Star Killer, and then Sam Witwer comes onto the stage to talk. I don't see Star Killer. I could see Maul, kind of, but like, like I, don't know. I just I want Killer. that. I, I just I would love to find. I would love if they if we got information about that game at Celebration, considering it's coming out in like oh, same. next I'm, year. I'm very hyped for uh, Jedi Survivor, especially um, with the title. The, the story implications just of the title alone, they're, they're, they're fascinating to me. What and else? High Republic. Ooh, okay. Public, Bold yeah. prediction so for High Republic. I was going to say, there's a Lucasfilm publishing panel at one that I wanted to briefly bring up that we can that I guarantee you there'll be High Republic announcements there, but are you Oh, no, no, no. I think we're going to get High Republic announcements at the High Republic panel. No, they say that. They stress that in the uh, in the High Republic for Light and Life uh, rundown on the site. They say, yes, that includes all new announcements and reveals from Phase 2 Quest of the Jedi. So we're going to get some announcements. We'll probably get, like, uh, more reveals of, like, what the Phase 1 writers are working on, like Kevin Scott and Claudia Gray... And uh, and Charles Soul, you know, yeah. like we'll we'll get some of that, and we'll also maybe find out some more about like what these new editions are like. Uh, the new edition writers are like uh, talking about, which which is which is really fun. Like it'll be cool to like get more of an in, in more information on that era, and like to, I mean, maybe there's like a crazy reveal of like, oh, we're bringing this element of Star Wars in, like because you know, like Mandalorians maybe, or like the sith or maybe expanding on like ideas in i, I mean i personally the sith coming into would that. love to find that to learn more about the talotai uh because i know they're old republic but you know ever since kevin scott introduced them in uh uh reintroduced them rather in the rising storm i've just been fascinated with that race i think they're they're really interesting yeah i, I truly do not think will they that the sith will be touched and if i oh, eat I, my words i eat my until, words probably I not just, until acolyte yeah not until Acolyte. I just don't see them being touched, at least in the publishing side. Yeah, I don't really... I was going to say, like, my bold prediction was going to be, like, for the High Republic, was they were going to announce, like, a an animated show or whatever. My actually... Okay, my ideal bold prediction would be the High Republic video game. So, like, Star Wars Jedi High Republic or whatever by Respawn, and I would just die. Oh, like a game that isn't, like... Uh, like dude, if you gave me a follower... Studio. <laughs> If you gave me a High Republic Fallen Order game, I would just die right on the spot. I, I would oh, stay. Absolutely. Like, Cause of Death, announcement of the High Republic Fallen Order video game. And then your Force Ghost comes back to play the game. And then, yeah, I would I would just be like, nah, I can't do it. I'll be like, nah, I can't do this. I gotta play it. I gotta play the game, um, sorry. Uh, have we touched on everything in the studio showcase, or is there anything mm -hmm. else you want to say? About uh, that's everybody? all I could think of. Alright, so real I, Pretty much, yeah. Like, I mean, the only other thing I was going to add was that, like, uh, well, uh, regarding the shows, is that, yeah, I think we'll probably get some casting announcements. I mean, I was talking with Connor before about, like, I mean, my personal prediction is that we'll we'll see Mary Eliz Elizabeth Winstead get revealed as like Hera, or at least find out who she's playing. I kind of get a feeling that she's Hera. I don't know why, but my, I've I've got a good feeling my about it. Dumbass prediction is she's Barris. It's I would dumb. love that as well. I don't know if it will happen, but like Dave has said, his her story's not over, and it's like she's got to appear in this. Okay, yes, she's not, honestly, not, Paris. Not, not she's got to appear in this show, but like 
this would feel kind of um privy to for him to put her in this show if he does that's just my dumbass like Oh, I wish this could happen, prediction. <laughs> I would love Barris to appear. I, I've been fascinated with that character. Lucasfilm, give me a, give me the money, I will write you a Barris Offy novel. I'm that interested in the character. Yeah, uh, I <laughs> totally agree with that. The Lucasfilm publishing panel. So I feel like, it, okay. So Dude, it looks the like Lucas this Film is novels. The panel is going to be wild. Yeah. Uh, I feel like we're going to be getting a couple book announcements because what, what what do we know that's coming out there's padawan like not counting high republic is padawan the only one we know and then shadow of the sith or yeah one? yeah yeah uh, so we'll probably get well i think we'll definitely get stuff about those oh princess and the scoundrel princess and the scoundrel i totally forgot um and then we'll, we'll, we'll probably that's get it. we'll probably get a bunch of book reveals which i'm maybe it's gonna be nuts Maybe another book about Ahsoka, uh, like what she was doing during the original trilogy, maybe. They could maybe do that. Like, I, I kind of feel like we'll get a, hopefully a novel about like one of the uh, TV show characters, because I feel like that's that's an element that would be best explored well, in like yeah, book form, remember, I think. There was going to be a Mando book, and then they scrapped yes. it. So, yes. And I don't remember, was it? Because Adam Christopher, who was writing Shadow of the Sith, I believe was writing the Mando he was, book. Yeah, he was supposed to write that, and it seems like Lucasfilm went with the right choice with him right yeah. for him writing Shadow of the Sith. Because like from what I've read and what I've heard, because it's gonna be a while, so I don't know. I don't really care about spoilers, but I obviously won't spoil it here for you guys and for the listeners. But like from what I've heard. It's going to be a banger. It sounds like it's going to be a banger book. Can we just talk about how good the publishing has been this year alone? Like, Dude, Star Wars publishing. Fallen like, Star, uh, Midnight Horizon. Queen's Hope wasn't great, but it was still very enjoyable. And now everything else looks absolutely great. And I am. I cannot wait for the publishing. That's, that's on Thursday, too, right? That is Thursday at 1. Thursday. Gosh, darn it. One to two. So of course I'm missing all the really good panels at work. I think I think uh. we'll get some good stuff, and I am really looking forward to that one. And then at three o'clock, we have the High Republic for Light and Life, which uh we have Christina Ariel is gonna be there, and then let's see who else. Claudia Gray, Justina Ireland, Daniel Jose Older, Kevin Scott, and Charles Salt, along with Lucasfilm's James. I'm going to butcher that. Wow. And Michael Sigling for an in-depth I think it's James Waugh. Probably. I think. Probably. Yeah, uh, for yeah an James Waugh and Michael Sigling. About the golden age of the Jedi, including all new announcements and reveals from Phase 2 Quest of Jedi. Okay, so they say right there, all new announcements. So, oh, this one is going to be so much fun. If anyone oh, wants sure. to take the rails for this one. Go right ahead, because I don't even know what they'll talk about. Uh, I don't even know what to say, like, beyond what they... Like, I can't even think of what they could announce, because every announcement that they've made with the High Republic, like, it, it always makes sense in hindsight, but at the time, I'm like, that's freaking sick. Yeah. So, like, I, 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 I don't know. Like I could be, I could say like, "Oh, my bonkers prediction is this," and High Republic be like, "Yeah, uh, let's go more." It's like I don't know, Christine. Yeah. I don't know, bonkers prediction. 
Christina ha- Christina gets to be a character in a Phase Two High Republic story or something. I have no idea. Oh, that would be that would be really cool. There's my prediction. Christina, if you're listening, probably not, but hopefully you do. Uh, yeah, I'm supporting you becoming an actual Jedi character someday in a Star ha- in an actual Star Wars story. Yeah, she has the Jedi so robes. She does. she does have the robes. We'll probably get the announcement of the main. Uh, adult novel or have we already gotten that for uh, uh first wave of i think we have i can't remember it's been so we'll, long we'll probably get more content about it at least because i know convergence is the only one we've gotten a uh cover for so i feel like we'll definitely get that because phase two launches yeah. in what september so i think we'll oh this get... is my conservative this is my very safe prediction uh Kevin Scott's Phase 2 High Republic comic run is going to focus on Skier. That's my theory. And I have a theory for how it's all going to connect in Phase 3, because Skier was Keeve's master. He gets his own thing in Phase 2. Whatever stories he gets in Phase 2 will thematically connect uh, to Keeve's story in Phase 3, and it will emotionally destroy every single one of us. Pain. The Kevin Scott specialty boys. He, he's sure. Very good at that. That's for sure. Pity Jake's not here for that moment. Yeah. And Jake. Yes. Yes. Go read his stories at sweditorig.com. Yeah. When they Things come out. When they, come out. they haven't come out yet, but <laughs> they will. He likes. He likes the pain. That's for sure. He, he does. Uh, but yeah, that one is going to be uh, the publishing and the High Republic one are going to be like the one-two punch of we're going to get so much good stuff. We're going to be feasting. And this is just the first day. It's a whole weekend. Attack of the Clones 20th anniversary celebration. I can't wait for this one. I, I really hope they live stream this one. The Phantom Menace one was so much fun. Filled with so many great moments. Ahmed Best got a, a standing ovation, which was beautiful. The thing that would knock my socks off with the Attack of the Clones 20th anniversary panel would be if Natalie Portman shows up. Dude. That would that would destroy me. I, Natalie I, Portman and Hayden Christensen together and the and you standing and, applause they would Yes. And yeah, and the standing applause they'd all get. That would be great. No, no, actually no. Natalie and George. That would be If yeah, George be shows cool. up to celebration again. I will lose it. Yeah. That, that would be great. I am so... That will be so great. I I really hope it happens. But I think we'll get a lot of nice moments. Those panels are usually very fun. And a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff and the stories... I can't wait to watch that one. Uh, it, it's going to be great. Especially just... Having just watched the movie again last week, uh, it, it's it's very fresh on my mind. And these panels, a lot of the Phantom Menace panels at Chicago really made me love and appreciate that movie more than I already did. It really like reinvigorated and made me enjoy the movie uh, in ways that I hadn't before. And I feel like uh, the same thing is going to happen for Attack of the Clones, and I just wish I just wish I was there, uh, because it, it's just uh, being at Celebration is a whole different feeling, and 
Uh, I'm really hoping that we all have the opportunity to be there for the next one uh, and and bring for the Republic to the celebration uh, experience because it, it's a beautiful thing. Saturday, Mando Plus, a conversation with John Favreau and Dave Filoni. This is probably, well, like we said earlier, this is probably where we're going to be getting a lot of the Mando Season 3 content here and maybe uh, another spinoff or something. We already kind of talked yeah. about this, but I think we'll be getting our Mando Season 3 preview or trailer or whatever, or behind-the-scenes sizzle reel. We'll definitely be getting something because they've been filming it, or at least I think they're done filming it at this point, but it's been in production for a while. And, uh, yeah, that one is going to be one of the big ones on Saturday. And I, I think we're going to be getting some good announcements. Yeah, like there's... It says there's a look ahead at what's to come, so most certainly sizzle, sizzle reel is my best guess, and then they even have special guests there, so p- p- possibly Pedro Pascal makes a surprise appearance, but it could also be like uh, new directors for season three that they reveal, maybe like uh, my new shock, my new like uh, go for broke take is that George Lucas comes in and directs an episode of The Mandalorian. Oh. That will be. I think that might steal the weekend. I think that might steal. That the weekend. would be great. Uh, my big like dark horse shot in the dark like reveal that we get this weekend is Bryce Dallas Howard gets either a movie or a show. Uh, whether that be the, that. the secret movie that we t- we hinted at earlier or this, uh, I, I really hope it happens because everything that she has touched has been. Uh, some of the best Star Wars ever in my mind and yep. I just very much want her to get something in this universe because she very much deserves it Deborah Chow got Obi-Wan because she was just unbelievable in Mando season 1 and I think uh, Bryce Dallas Howard deserves the same treatment because uh, I've been very impressed with every single episode she's done The Heiress is my favorite episode of The Mandalorian uh, uh, the Return of the Mandalorian I thought was great, great television. Whether or not it was a great Book of Boba Fett episode or not is debatable, but a great Star Wars television episode, it certainly was. So For I sure. just, I need Bryce to get something because, and it would just be great because her father had a Star Wars movie, and if she got one of her own, that would just be a really great story. Tales of the Jedi at 2.30, we, we've talked about, we did our speculation for this last week. Uh, I'm hoping that we at least get some announcements of the filmmakers that are going to be working on it and hopefully some announcements of some of the stories we can expect. And if it's coming this year, I, tra- I gotta imagine a trailer. Like I, I just, yeah. Because we had a Clone Wars trailer at Chicago and that was a year out from when it was actually releasing. So that would be great. Now, what would be even more insane... And I think there's a very strong possibility we get this for Bad Batch. And potentially this as well. Because it happened with the Rebels Season 4 panel in Orlando. It happened with the Resistance Season 2 panel in Chicago. I think for Bad Batch, we're going to get... The first episode is going to be screened uh, at Celebration for the people that are there. Oh, wow. That would be kind of cool. I think there's a very strong chance it happens. Because... I saw they did that for season two of Resistance, and that episode didn't drop until October, I believe. 
and I saw it wow. in April. So it's very possible we get that for Bad Batch. Whether or not we get it for Tales of the Jedi, I'm not entirely sure because I don't know how far out they are in development. But I think it's possible they like they stop the the Bad Batch panel and then for the people in the audience they're like, all right, so who wants to see an episode? Which I was really hoping we had that for Clone Wars, but we we didn't. Uh, but we we did get that for Resistance last time I was at Celebration, which was awesome, and we got that for Rebels too. Which was weird because my friend and I, when we went to Celebration, we went to that Rebels panel, but we hadn't seen the show at that point. So I think we like caught the very end of the panel and then walked in on the episode premiere and we're like, oh shit, like this is, what is this? And then we (laughs) just got absolutely hooked into that episode and uh, we watched a couple more that week, which was just a great time, was getting to fall in love with an area of Star Wars that we hadn't experience before which is the beauty of conventions like this is that you get to meet and embrace people and areas of the franchise that you just either were not super into it before or just hadn't experienced before it's just i definitely recommend going everyone that's a star wars fan going to at least one celebration in your life because it's just it's the most fun time ever the bad batch season two panel sunday at 11 we're going to have a uh, strapping kid. You're not going to want to miss this view. Join host David Collins as he invites Star Wars, the Bad Batch executive producer and supervising director, Brad Rao, executive producer and head writer, Jen Corbett, story editor, Connor's guy. How do you pronounce <laughs> his name again, Matt? What is it? Matt McNovitz. There you go. Your guy. Actors D. Bradley Baker and Michelle Eng to discuss highlights from the first season of the acclaimed series, as well as some exciting hints of what's to come in season two. Please, let's get a release date. Maybe it teased the first episode, like I said. I, I need more Bad Batch in my life. It is. Yeah. I, I had such a great time with that first season, and I just want some more. Please. Uh, I need more of Crosshair's story in my life, and I think there's so much you can do with season two, and I'm very much excited to see where the story goes with Clone Force 99, and I will very much be waiting for that uh, we have a look back at star wars visions panel on sunday so maybe that's where we get the rumored season two announcement or maybe this is just talking about the absolute best of season one either which or, is like I'll the entire honest. thing yeah it, the whole <laughs> thing every single short is just a winner in some way shape or form oh for sure it's a it's a uh bid for like creative it's uh, each episode demonstrates real creativity from, from all the people involved. I was really impressed with the visions. Yeah, I, I, I love uh, visions. Uh, Wonderful World of Wookiees will have uh, Jonas Swadamo on there with Amy Ratcliffe. That is going to be hopefully very charming. Because, uh, I, I mean, who doesn't love Wookiees? Like, really? Like Oh, and Charles Soule's there as well. Oh, are we going to get Charles Soule announcing... Uh, a Briaga comic, please. That would be insane. That would be nuts. That would be cool. He's a, he's writing his own. He's a, he's writing his own Star Wars saga, the Wookiee saga. Dude, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's been a long time in the making. We have a Siege of Mandalore screening at one, which ah, uh, I wish my I was prediction there for that. My prediction for that is gonna it's gonna be cut up like a movie. There's no oh. way. I, I, I hope that's the case, and I really hope that they release that cut on Disney Plus, and they 
release it like as its own movie because I'm telling you, it would be very high in my rankings if they did that. So same, it I, might be my favorite. It it it. There's a strong chance it is for me too. The Siege of Mandalore is just so so great. Uh, and I actually we, haven't rewatched it ever since it came out. I rewatched it but once, uh, but even then, that was like over a year ago at this point. But I just remember like the watching that as it came out was it was so unbelievable like there wasn't really anything like it was getting star wars like that because season seven was really fun but then that was a whole new like a whole new experience experience. exactly yeah i i kind of get i get the feeling that it was supposed to be like when when the show first aired on disney plus that that was meant to be like a feature film event because the way it's cut, the way it opens with the classic Lucasfilm logo and the John Williams-style fanfare, it feels like they set it up to be a feature film event that you that would release in theaters, but then obviously COVID kind of messed all that up. Uh, it, it would be so, so this would be a kind of a cool way of like rectifying that, so I, I absolutely think it'll be cut as a movie for the celebration screening. Yeah, my, I mean, my original thing I, I pitched when we were still in all the lockdowns and theaters were shut down, I was saying Lucasfilm should do like a special theatrical cut of the Siege of Mandalore and have that be like one of the first things they release when movie theaters open back up have it be like a nice event and that didn't end up happening but i think we're going to get something very similar here uh which again it's i wish i was in the room for that because that just sounds lovely and those fan screenings are always just a a blast and i've never been to a celebration screening before aside from like i said the resistance thing but i'm not really counting that because it was a surprise but like actually getting there and like watching a whole movie. I'm shocked they're not doing one for Attack of the Clones, honestly. Someone's probably doing something, but it's not listed on the the, the panel list. Uh but I'm that siege is going to be so fun. I wish I was there for it. Mm. Uh, I wish I then, could like see the uh yeah. the Mole Ahsoka jewel uh in like a cinema surround screen oh thing. That God. would be so good. Please. Yeah. I'm very much looking forward to everything that happens this weekend. I think it's it just being able to watch it uh, on my phone or on my computer while I'm out of town and then just catching up and, and literally having Twitter open the whole weekend uh, just for updates, constant updates. It's going to be great. And we will be back here next week for our celebration post-show recap, whatever you want to call it. We're going to be talking about all the hopefully – Big announcements and fun reveals and fun moments that we had from the convention. It's going to be great. Uh, even though I'm watching it at a distance this year, it's it's going to be a special time. But, ladies and gentlemen, we are not done yet because we have some Clone Wars to discuss. We're going to be talking Domino Squad. It's going to be a fun time. Welcome back to For the Republic. We are now here to talk about this week's episode of The Clone Wars. We're going to be talking the Domino Squad arcs. We've got Clone Cadets and we have Rookies. Clone Cadets took place earlier chronologically. We did say a couple weeks back that we were going to save our discussion of Clone Cadets for this week's episode. 
because we think it's going to pair well with rookies. I was debating, and Don and I had this conversation, I was debating including ARC Troopers here because it is the sequel to Rookies, and it is uh, that aired back-to-back with Clone Cadets as an hour-long premiere. But I do, I just think we should save that for when we get there uh, in the in the timeline because it is a bit further in to the story, and it is like I said, it is it does take place in season three, so I feel like it'll be better to do that there, and when we have more time with the the clones that we focus on in this episode. But we're starting with Clone Cadets. This one is directed by Dave Filoni, written by Cameron Litvak. The moral is: brothers in arms are brothers for life. It is the prequel episode to Rookies. It discusses the the training of Domino Squad as cadets. Uh, we get to get introduced to them for the first time chronologically. Fives, Echo, Droid Bait, Heavy, and Cut Up. Guys, I've talked about how some of these arcs I either have revisited for the first time in a long time or were just not ones that I have revisited a lot. Uh, the opposite is true for this arc. I watched these quite a bit, and they're some of my favorite Clone Wars episodes ever, if I'm being honest. So I am so excited to discuss these ones because I I love Domino Squad. Uh, Fives and Echo in particular are just two of my favorite clones of all time. And I just... These episodes are just so good to me. There's... I love them. Same. Um, I yeah. I grew up with rookies because, like, obviously it's in season one of Clone Wars, so I have a, I have more of an affinity for rookies than I do clone cadets. But like, these two episodes work really well they together. Work really well together. Like, and they're both like great stories for a different reason. Like, clone cadets is a great story of like getting to see the team like develop and grow as the episode goes on. Getting to see, you know, their different issues that they have working together also affect their personalities. And the moment where at the end they finally pass the test is such a great Star Wars moment. And I love it. And then Rookies to me is just a defining all-time great Star Wars story. The one thing that I, I do love, there are two things that really popped out. Uh, one, after hearing the, the weird Season 1 Clone Wars fanfare the past couple episodes... Because this one took place in season three, it was great to hear the original one again. It really got me pumped. And I loved how you could tell that this was so early in the timeline because in the opening narration, they only showed clips from the Clone Wars movie. And I thought that was a really nice touch of yeah. only seeing you know the, the very beginning of the war. I loved it. Uh, I, I also really love the the Camino... The, the combat simulator rooms. It, all of this gave me just Bad Batch vibes. And it's not just because there are like eight times in the episode where they go, we're not a, we're just a bad batch. And I'm like, okay, thanks, Dave. Like, that's awesome. Like he's- yeah, it was so clear. Like, like I, uh, the first, like the, when 99 is referred to as like a bad batcher, I was like, oh, are they, were they thinking about it here? Were Dave and George already kind of putting the concept together by the, by the time of this series? And then they just have heavy say, oh, we're a bad batch. And I'm like, yeah. They were definitely working on that, and it's so it's it's really cool to kind of see uh, the 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 threads begin here and like like a especially through ninety nine. Uh, I, I oh know, yeah, ninety nine oh, one of the best. I love ninety nine you know. so much. He's like just he's so heartwarming. He's 
I think what I appreciated the, uh, even more upon like revisiting this episode is uh, seeing the design and also the way uh, D. Bradley Baker voiced him particularly because the, the, his uh, speech patterns were very different. He kind of kind of reminded me of um, uh, the actor who voiced Quasimodo in the Hunchback of Notre Dame because he speaks oh, yeah. very he's very sh he's very shy he's very reserved but he's but he's got a big heart you know he cares about all his brothers he wants and it's really heartwarming because you know he wanted he never got his his chance to be on the battlefield to serve his purpose basically because most of them see that as their purpose to fight in the clone wars and you know if he, he's a really sweet character because like he never got his shot but it's, so he wants all of his other brothers to have that shot to 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 uh to make it there and and to to you know like be be a success as warriors which is why i think he's got such an affinity with domino squad because they're they're the kind of unorthodox team they're the ones who are like who aren't quite measuring up compared to like other squads like bravo squad as we see bravo for bravo squad yeah uh, and uh, there's there's a specific convo near the end of the episode with 99 and Heavy, which I just, it's such a great moment. Uh, and I, I think I, I know like, what moment yeah, you're I, talking I, about. I, I, I think, I, I don't know. There, there's, it, it's one of those clone moments that I just always go back to. Uh, but in this early combat scene, we, we get a brief glimpse of how every clone is. Echo constantly repeating stuff. I love that pure Seminole with all of my life. Uh, Fives is my favorite non-Rex clone, so getting to see Fives, I, I really popped for. Uh, Cut Up, who has the best clone voice of all time, I'm just gonna say it right here and now. Uh, oh, he's a, he has a great voice. Uh, the, uh, the accent is beautiful. I love it so, so much. It's so random that he has an Irish accent, like, but I love it. Like, it's great. Okay, this clone's got an Irish accent for some reason, and D. Bradley Baker does it tremendously. I love it so much. Uh, Droid it's Bait is my favorite. It's one of the best clone names ever. Droid Bait. It's beautiful. And uh, kind of uh, foreshadowing, but... Unfortunately. And then Heavy oh, is, is the guy. Um, but also, I loved seeing Shakti. Because we really only get to see her yes. in these Kamino episodes during the Clone Wars. But uh, it's not only just my love for the Togruta species, but just Shakti. I've always loved her. It's partially for two reasons. It's partially, one, because of the original LEGO Star Wars game. And two, because of when I first watched Revenge of the Sith as a kid and all the deleted scenes of like Shakti dying like six different times. And then none of them made it into the actual movie itself. So she was always just kind of like that one character where I'm like, oh, there's so much lore surrounding her. And then I remember she like died in, in, in Force Unleashed too. And I think that the, the, the canon death now for her is she's killed in the, the temple by Anakin. But I, I've always just loved Shakti. And I, I love the voice that they chose to give her in the show as well. I, I oh, absolutely. Agreed. Yeah, Tasia Valenza does a really, uh, really strong, uh, makes a really strong impression here with with her voice. She's very, uh, she's very gentle and almost like maternal uh, in the way she speaks. But she there's a there's a strength there, there's an inner strength and a confidence that befits a Jedi. 
so like when she's sharing scenes with like the more rough around the edges brick and the kind of like well and ellis as well like she still kind of holds her own she doesn't come across as meek just because she's com just because she's like more gentle and calm she there's a there's a real strength there which is which i really appreciate and i also really liked her conversation with lama sue because you that really throws into sharp relief uh just how good an influence the jedi ha have had on have been on the clones and how much the jedi overall cared for the clones and the and the tragedy that that sets up regarding order 66 yeah, we, we see with brick and the kaminoans that they really don't value the clones as equal lives to other species in this episode and shakti is living proof that especially with the jedi that they value them as equals and as lives worth protecting and as individuals which i, I always really love getting to see stories like that domino squad is not doing well in the training and we are introduced like as like we said to our two bounty hunters brick and ellis first of all again the beauty of Star Wars here. I, I love how Ellis's name is spelled E-L-L-E-S. Not like Ellis, like a normal name. You got you got to Star Warsify it. It's beautiful. Yep. Yep. Uh, second, uh, rant time here, guys. I I went on a little bit of a, of a tirade on Lot Dodd the other week because I don't I don't care for him, and I went on a tirade about Zero the Hut. Uh, tirade number three here. Uh, fuck Brick. Honestly. <laughs> Je oh my god, I hate this son of a bitch. Yeah, he is like a, oh. he's a proper jerk. He really I, is. That's me, with, that's me with Orn Free Talk. Go through the screen and <laughs> strangle this bastard. I put Brick as a prick in my notes because he is. Uh, that's I, that's, uh, that's uh, pretty that's, good. Uh, We've got to make that I wonder what Cutup's name, I wonder what Cutup's nickname was for Brick. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, yeah, we've got to have the hashtag. Right Brick is a prick. That's that's the hashtag for, yeah, for episode prick. four. That is the uh, <laughs> that that's the merch that we'll be launching soon, right there. Put that on a shirt. Uh, I mean, I I kind of like Brick uh, in in the sense in in his function because like you you need someone like him in this scenario because like Shakti is more of a nurturing presence, and Ellis and and Ellis is kind of the same. So you need someone like Brick to kind of like force the kind of development through with the clones you know and, and i also kind of like the light and dark side thing of having him and uh him and ellis there they're almost like the dual nature of star wars bounty hunters represented there's the, there's the more noble thoughtful uh bounty hunters and then there's the ones who just are incredibly cynical and they aren't really this is a job for them yeah this is a job for me like for him he's, he's just like oh i want to get paid so uh, you know I don't care if these guys fail or not. Whereas Ellis is like, well, you know, yeah, it reflects on us. So we should make sure that they succeed. And and it's really, it, it's it's actually, I mean, they're certainly arch characters, but I but I like them. I feel I, they, they're interesting. And I I mean, if Bad Batch is going to carry on, like bringing back minor, m more minor characters from the Clone Wars, I'd love to see like part of an episode showing us what they got up to next, especially yeah. now that the uh, Camino is uh is isn't is no more basically and the clones are all been shipped out i'd love to see crosshair just one shot him in the head that's what i'd love oh to see. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh that's incredible revenge. 
part that would redeem him in my eyes right there is that I don't like this guy. Who I do love though is ninety nine. It's been a long Busco. time coming. <laughs> okay, I, 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 I like I like Brick's voice. I will say that I, I do I, I like his voice, but I take back something I said about Cut Up having the best clone voice because that is complete disrespect to Crosshair. Uh, he that is he, true. He owns that, that is true entirely. Yeah, uh, but Cut Up is great. Uh, but so is ninety nine. Uh, I said, if you don't like 99, the goat. I don't like you. He is beautiful, and every time he gets disrespected, I, I get, I just got very upset. Uh, but the, my the, maybe the best part of this episode was when they cut to the clone quarters and cut up is just. So I says to her, "Baby, you and me could really." And the one of them goes, "You've never even met a girl," and I. <laughs> I, I just I was dying when this happened. Uh, I I just I the one love, that killed me. I love how freaking comedic cut up is. I think he's hilarious, and I love he's how they, they just sounded so done with this. You've never even met a girl because like yeah, they've been in this base their whole life. But I I think it was I, I loved that scene so much. But we, they are not getting along. The group is in disarray. Uh, Echo keeps repeating shit by the book. Heavy is just done with everyone's shit. The group is not getting along well. Uh, but then we had a conversation with Lama Sue and Shakti, which we talked about. They're talking about whether or not to cast aside Domino Squad. But there is something that they brought up about how the Kaminoans are possibly looking for a new donor for the clone DNA because of Jango Fett's death. And I don't believe they bring this up again throughout the the series, which I think could have been an interesting arc, is maybe trying to find more donors for the clones and then whether that be sabotaged by Dooku or something. It, it was something that they brought up, like, in passing, but I feel like they never discuss again, is what if we had other clones that weren't just Jango Fett? And obviously maybe that wasn't a part of the uh, Palpatine's plan or anything. But that was very intriguing to hear them get brought up there. Uh, we see the training regiments. Uh, Bravo Squad is impressing everyone. Uh, and then here's another George Lucas Easter egg here. They're like, all right, the Citadel Challenge, version THX 1138. I'm like, okay. Okay, I see what yeah. you're doing Ah, all right, die, right, George. <laughs> Get it? We knew it was coming. We knew that was coming. Like, there's no way there wouldn't be like a THX 1138 reference, and it was very well done. I, I very much like the the second time I I watched it and I caught it. I like I I uh, literally did a fist pump in the air. I was like, yes, <laughs> I've been waiting for that reference. The best very, part, is it, yeah. They deliver the line as if, like, the clone is just looking straight into the camera as it's happening. Like, all right, version THX 1138. Get it? Because it's yeah. a movie George Lucas directed. I just... I, <laughs> get it. Get it? Get get the <laughs> reference, guys. Uh, it's during this point in the episode, though, that I, I realized that it being called the Citadel Challenge is more foreshadowing for Echo. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of pain that Clone Cadets has in hindsight, and and that, oh, and that yes. was another one. I'm like Citadel, Citadel. Oh no, it, <laughs> it was. 
it, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. And that one was another one. Bravo Squad completely aced the Citadel Challenge, impressed the ARC Troopers. I love the armor for these ARC Troopers, by the way. Uh, oh, I was going to say the same thing. I was literally going to like say, oh, can we take a moment to say how sick the ARC Troopers look? I mean, I've always oh, loved great. ARC Troopers. Because, like, it's fantastic. Yeah, like with the double pauldrons as opposed to like the one that, that you usually see with clone commanders and like the, the packs, which are very much like the uh, the sand trooper packs uh in uh in a new hope but more compact they just look really cool and i love the voice that d bradley baker gives to commander colt i yeah. think is his name like he's just he's confident he's he, he's very similar to rex but almost like almost like supremely confident in a way that's like uh the word fails me, but I, yeah, I just, yeah, he's really cool. Yeah, they're he, all, re they're, they're all really carry cool. Carry themselves in like a confident but earned way, like not arrogant. Yes, yeah. yes, because they're the ideal. They're what the cadets are all striving towards. They're what the cadets want to be. Yeah, I, I just I mean, brought an Arc Trooper Black Series figure the other week, and I just, I can't get enough of these armor, and especially when we get late in the timeline when we see like fives and Echo and, and their arc armor it's so beautiful and I, I i i'm obsessed with these looks uh i do love though when they're talking to like all right bravo squad a sorry next up is domino squad and cole's like, and how are they and ellis just kind of goes like eh. <laughs> uh and then but they they get in their head and they fail the challenge because they they make the mistake heavy kind of breaks formation that's his theme throughout this episode as he kind of goes in his own direction. And Droid Bay gets injured and they leave him behind and that immediately leads to them failing. Uh, Brick wants them sent to maintenance. Ellis ref uh, refuses to give up on them. Shock T gives them another chance because we see Fives and Echo request to transfer to Bravo Squad. And that that's kind of like... Imagine if that did happen. Like, would there futures be changed at all and probably yeah they I don't wouldn't know what way but their futures would be changed we well they probably Bravo squad again or are they just in this episode like i'm trying just to in this episode I didn't know I, i'm pretty sure they in like another um series or I'm not but i'm pretty sure they're in, only in this episode and you, you probably would have because like they if they don't stay with domino squad they don't get deployed to the rishi moon to the to guard the base and in rookies so yeah so they don't meet rex yeah, yeah exactly so so uh, shark t in a sense did them a favor i guess yeah because i think she shark was t saved the republic yeah yes she was yep. well okay shark t saved the republic as much as she could yes so she was one of the ones that realized their true potential and I, yeah. I think that's another... She, she just refused... Ellis also, but Shakti really refused to give up on them. And it, it pays off at the end in a really beautiful moment. Uh, Brick confronts Cutup. Again, I have Fuck Brick in my notes. Beats the hell I out of him. I love the name. I love the... Uh, I love the... Oh, I could think of one for you right now, sir. For you right now, sir. Dying. Cutup's, like, got no chill. He's like... He's like, yeah, no, I, no, yeah, I, I don't like you. I'll just make that clear. I'll just, I'll just make that very clear to you. 
What he's I just love yeah. He's is, he was like, oh yeah, you're not cut up for it. And he's like, all right, you gave me my name, sir. It's cut up. Cut up. And he does that funny little laugh where you're like, <laughs> where he's very clearly just like throwing Brick's shit right back in his face, and you can tell that he he got a reaction as well because Brick is like, you'll fail, you'll fail one way or another, and it's like, oh okay, because. <laughs> You think that Brick you think initially that Brick is like, oh, he's just doing the hard man routine. He he's deep down he he wants them to succeed. He's just pushing them. And it's like, no, no, no he, he really hates, is he hates them. He really is just a cynical son of a gun who just wants to be paid. Yeah. And we, we see him get like slightly like eating his words at the end when he seems a bit impressed. But he does nope. not like he just straight up beats the hell out of cut up here. Which I'm like, ah, just just knock them out, man. Just it's like where's the supervisors? Exactly. You know, like, well, they had to do like, it in like it, the shadiest corner of Topoca <laughs> uh, City when this happened. Yeah. But cut up should have filed a complaint to, to the supervisor. Yeah, yeah like Shakti wouldn't. <laughs> come have, on, Shakti would have not dealt with that at all. She would have been like, nope, get out, you're gone. Uh, and then we see Heavy trying to leave. He's fed up he doesn't think they're gonna work and then 99 stops him and i I, first of all the fact that heavy trying to go in his own direction like he is uh, in the in the training all the time love it love how he's he's just stuck in his own way and then this is this is the we're nothing but a bad batch all right gotcha but i i just again this scene is so much why I love 99 and so much why I love the Clone Trooper episodes. Uh, and, and, and the scene I was talking about was 99 keeps calling him heavy and is like, stop calling me that. We're just numbers. We're just numbers. And 99 goes, not to me. To me, you, you yep. always had a name. Oh, and that's I such an heartwarming line. I, yeah. I came close, man. That was... It oh, felt man, like I was crying. That just felt like Dave Filoni himself like wrote that line. It just feels so... And in, I mean that in the best possible way. It really feels like that's channeling how the series and Dave Filoni feel about these clones and the, and how they how they feel about both feel about them as characters. It's just such a heartwarming moment. And then afterwards, that's why ninety nine is back, a goat clone when he comes back and he's like, "All right, yeah." And by the way, the name's heavy. I'm like fist pumping in the air right there. It it was such a beautiful scene. And I, I just love, again, how they all embrace their names and who they are throughout the episode. And again, Dave, you're doing this. Get me immediately attached. It's so sad knowing what ends up happening to every single one of them. And this is why this is why I star, loving Star Wars is nothing but pain. Because you get attached yep. to these characters, and then they all just horrible ends to all. At least Echo's still alive, but at what cost? He's all he's more machine than man now. It's just, uh, but this reinvigoration, whether it be the the, the pep talk from ninety nine or, or cut up getting pissed at uh, Brick. They're all working together now. They're impressing the judges. Even Brick seems a little bit like impressed, but he's like, oh, you know, we're, we're very early in the training. And then they go to start the, the Citadel part of the training arc. 
and they notice that their ascension cables are gone. And Brooke's like, hmm, wonder what happened there. And Ellis wants the, the test to end, but Shakti's like, mm, they, let's see how they adapt. And I mean, I think she knew that they were going to, like, succeed. Yeah, she knew. Because, she yeah. knew. But I, at first I was like, well, that's kind of out of character. But I think, again, as it came, she, she knew that they were going to complete the test no matter what because they have some inspiration there. And they, they improvise. They pass. And it's a great moment. It, it, like I said, it's a great like fist pump, like Star Wars celebration moment. Uh, the the line by Shakti, they're perhaps the finest soldiers I've ever seen. It's just it's just picture perfect ending there. Uh, speaking of picture perfect ending, it was so heartwarming that goodbye between Heavy and Ninety Nine. But then Dave. Heavy gives 99 his medal, and he says, I'll, he'll, I'll have to come back. You'll have, I'll have to get that back from you when I uh, come back to Camino." I'd like to remind everyone that this episode was made after Rookies. So Dave <laughs> knew. Dave knew that Heavy eats it. And he does this on purpose. Oh, for sure. Bastard. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's very sad. Uh, very I'm sad like, I'll moment. To, I'll have to come back and get that from you. I'm like, Dave, no. Oh. What are you doing? Uh, but the ceremony was a great moment. Kevin Kiner's score at the end is just so great. I, I feel like we haven't talked about his score enough the last couple episodes. It's just a really great end of an episode moment. And yeah. I, I, I love this episode. It's one of my favorite clone episodes uh, the, I love how it focuses on all the clones' characters and, and how they grow and develop and, and become a functioning squad throughout this episode. It's a great underdog story, and I, I, I love it. And it leads to an all-time fantastic episode, which we are about to get to. Uh, what did you guys think about this one? Because I, I, I love this episode. Clone Cadets... Uh... I haven't see I I haven't watched that as much as rookies but like yeah it's a really really good prequel it really kind of like it, it like you said it basically like establishes a lot of like it flushes all of these clones out that we've got that we some of whom don't even get that much time in rookies yeah, like droid compared to like, yeah, exactly and it it adds it adds some weight to seemingly throwaway scenes in that episode, which is already good enough as it is. So to get more character character with these with these seemingly disposable clones kind of shows. Oh no, they're not disposable, and it reinforces kind of the theme of like clones as individuals. So it so whenever a clone dies in the show from this kind of point forward, you it tends to feel more like an impact and more like a sadness because you you aren't watching like a, a battle droid, a dispo, a, something that it, that was made and is artificial get destroyed. You are watching an, an actual being uh, lose their life early. So it actually feels impactful where, where it didn't previously. So yeah, it, it, it's really cool. It was really cool getting to see them train, uh, which we didn't get to see in Attack of the Clones, which, which, is, which was a shame because like this is a pivotal part of their development you know this is literally what they what they were bred for uh as like grim as that is yeah and i, I so feel see like so much of this episode is taken and used more in bad batch 
uh oh especially, especially with, with like the training Citadel yeah training and stuff that's a, yeah. a big moment of the the first and the finale uh for that show and i, I just love camino episodes in general and and clone episodes and Same. it's great but camino camino rules in terms of its aesthetic yeah. it's one of my favorite it's planets so, in star wars so cool mainly because of topoka city exactly but now we get to the granddaddy of them all rookies Directed by Justin Ridge, written by Stephen Melching. The moral is the best confidence builder is experience. And then the episode starts, and because we just finished Clone Cadets, and then I'm like, hold on, are my speakers shot again? It's like, no, it's just the weird season one Clone Wars fanfare again. And I'm just like, when when are we going to get to the normal one, man? It just bothers me every single time. I feel like I'm watching an unfinished version of the episode. Uh, before we get into this one, I, I did this last time. Uh, but there were some behind-the-scenes moments on Wikipedia that I wanted to write down. Uh, so, twice in this episode, the word hell is used as an expletive, which, again, growing up on this on Cartoon Network, I was shocked when this first oh, came dude, out. That was wild. Ten-year-old me was seeing a clone go, what the hell is that? I'm like, what, what? I was, I was, dude, yeah. same. I was the exact same way. I was like, what, what is this? What is this? This is weird. What is this? It's like the show is earning its PG rating. Apparently, yeah. when it was aired at a replay before uh, the next arc premiered, which was Downfall of a Droid, the word was censored due to complaints from parents. But during its showings on TNT, which I didn't even realize that Clone Wars ever aired on TNT. I know it aired on Adult Swim and Toonami, but I don't remember it ever being on TNT. But apparently... It did from January or March to 2009, so I must have just been too young. But it wasn't censored there, and it was not censored on the Disney Plus version, which is what I watched this episode on, and I'm assuming everyone else did. So, again, I had that moment during this episode where, like, oh, word, uh, one of the clones says it, and I'm like, this is, I'm watching some some real shit right here, man. This is This is going to be good. But getting to the episode proper, Domino Squad are now all rookie clones. They got their, their white shiny armor and they're stationed on the Rishi move, the moon. Uh, let me just say that the episode starts and they're listening to this like radio station. I, I love that shit, man. Just, just little details like that. I just like how the clones are just bored listening to some random like techno station. Arm um, wrestling and stuff. Yeah. It's just great. Oh, oh. There's like a really funny technical glitch that I noticed with uh with Fives, uh, because Fives starts off with like a full beard, and and then later okay, on so he I has... wasn't going crazy. Yes, yes, and then he has the distinctive goatee. I didn't know who that crest. was. Well, yes, cut up had and a beard the, in this episode too. Yeah, so I th I think so, maybe they got the names confused, but I just think it's it, it to me it's really funny because it just it really l my head canon now is that Fives had a full beard and then, and then just after, shaved he, it. after he met after he met Rex and Cody he was like damn I, I if I'd have known they were here I would have shaved and he just goes and shaves when they retake the base because I I point out how because I didn't notice the Fives thing but I, I definitely noticed Cut Up had the the beard I'm like damn my man's looking sharp here got the Irish accent got the Got the, the nice trimmed beard going. I didn't even notice it. Uh, but I, yeah. I just love these little clone moments. They're, they're bored, and then some stuff ends up happening. We cut to Anakin and Obi-Wan. 
I like how we had some references to the episodes we just watched, which were the Malevolence arc, Grievous is still missing. They mentioned the the, the Balmora system, which we touched on in those episodes as well, which I I always love the, even early on, how we're getting some continuity references here. It makes me feel like we're not just watching some, like, episodic show. And even back then, it made me realize, okay, like, this isn't just, like, some random thing that has the Star Wars name on it. This is actually Star Wars that we're watching here, which I I always appreciate. Uh, Another thing I noticed is, again, and I, I noticed this during the Clone Wars movie, is that James Arnold Taylor kind of voices Obi-Wan a bit different here. So I got the sense that like this was one of the first ones they did the voices for when the show started production. Yeah. Uh, even Matt Lanner kind of voices Anakin a bit different. Because I noticed like, in the earlier episodes, he tries to do a bit of a Hayden Christensen impression. But then later on, he adapts his own style. And I feel like we're still kind of getting them like trying to warm up to how they voice their characters in these early episodes. But even, like, the malevolence, I feel like James Arnold Taylor, like, okay, that's the Obi-Wan voice I remember. But here it's a bit more stilted. The cadence is a bit different. It's a bit deeper. So stuff like that I I appreciated. Uh, Rex and Cody uh, check in with the two Jedi. Obi-Wan says, good man, that Cody. And I'm like, god damn it, Dave. Stop doing this. Just twist the (laughs) knife further. You're doing it on purpose at this point. But Absolutely. I, I get hyped every time we get a Rex and Cody episode because oh, dude, yes. I love the two of them working together. And it, it just, just they it. both channel uh what's cool is like they both this episode kind of makes it more explicit in like the the barbs, the jokey barbs that Anakin and Obi-Wan throw at each other, but Rex and Cody really do they really have kind of like imprinted on on their Jedi generals in a well big way because Cody is more kind of like rules and regulation following kind of guy, whereas Rex is more of the you know the unorthodox dude, the guy, the dude who will think on his feet and uh, is something of like a a rogue amongst amongst the clones. Really, the one who is like the one who kind of gets to be like the Han Solo of the clones yeah. compared to like uh, Cody, who's more straightforward. And uh, might I say? Rex gets an amazing showing in this episode. Oh, he has so many good so moments. Cool he's so cool. He's so cool. He's so cool in this episode, and he also gets some hilarious moments as well. Yeah, that, like I mean, the, we'll, we'll, there's that great combo with Anakin and Obi Wan later, where he's like, I, I, "I see your your clone takes orders as well as you do." I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> hmm. Perhaps Cody is boring Rex with standard procedure and protocol." I just I <laughs> love the two of them so much, and again, this is one of, like you said, this was one of the first episodes where I realized how similar Rex and Cody are to Anakin and Obi Wan, which is why yeah. I'm saying, please, 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 Cody and Bad Batch season two. I need it. Just give it to me right now, please. Yes. So there's Rex a, and Cody reunification in Bad Batch I season two. I need something. Yeah. I mean, people are yep. saying Cody and Kenobi. That would be great, but I I I want to see him and Rex meet again because we don't see them see each other at all after the Bad Batch arc, and I would yeah. really like to see the two of them work together, uh, either work together or go against each other one last time. Uh, I think it would be great. It was one of the first things when I did my Bad Batch. Season 2 Hopes article on the SWE site. That was one of the things I was really hoping that we would see. And I'm still sticking to that. But we see a meteor shower. 
Uh, but it's actually not a mirror shower, it's commando droids. And let me just say that these things are so cool and so scary in this episode. And it really, really makes are. me wish that they were in the prequels proper. Because they would have looked so cool in those movies. And I, I get it, like the prequels had the Attack of the Clones at the big reveal where the, the B2 battle droids come out and they start shooting at Mace Windu. I wish that we had a similar thing on Revenge of the Sith where on Grievous's ship... They just get encountered by like commando droids or something. I think that would have been really cool because they are so cool and we don't see them at all in the prequels. And I, I think I, I just wish George came up with the the idea a little earlier because I think we would have gotten some really cool scenes. Yeah, like they are they are super cool. And I think what's what's neat about their design is that they are like Dave Filoni talks about this in the behind the scenes that they are. They intentionally went tried to make them an amalgam of the of both the B ones and the B twos. So there's a bit of both there, and they 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 really are intimidating. They feel really threatening uh, compared to like the uh, the regular battle droids. But what's but what's also quite kind of cool is that they aren't invincible. Like they, they they may be able to take more punishment. They may be more deadly in combat, but they but they make mistakes as well. Like when they do the comlink thing and the fact that they're so awkward it's it's really funny which is oh, which yeah. is nuts considering which is nuts considering how threatening they were before like the the, yeah, the, dro the droid talk yeah the droid talking through the the views the, the comlink to rex and cody is literally a reversal of the han solo scene from a new hope and yeah. then the utter hilarity of like uh that droid in the in the clone costume which inexplicably has five fingers even though the the droids have three uh but yeah we'll let that one go the, the droid trying to distract them both and then they the the droid attack flare from from heavy comes up and then rex w without even thinking just shoots the the disguised Don't droid in the face head. it's so Beautiful. hilarious like just split second thinking it's just brilliant like rex is in when if in doubt shoot the clone that's yeah, uh i love yeah. it but again there's a lot of love in this episode there's so honestly. much oh, love in this definitely episode. uh we get again like i said clone cadets is is i loved it but it hurts because in this episode every character that we grew to love throughout that episode we just see die Droid bait immediately gets just destroyed by these commando droids, which again off screen as well. I you know off screen. I'm like, oh, he's fighting, and then he's just dead. I'm like, okay, cool. Then they kill Sarge, the silver fox of a clone, as I like to call him. Uh, very silvery eyebrows. Very silvery eyebrows. Uh, honestly, again, I talk about earning the PG rating when they just all just gang up on him and shoot him while he's down. I was like, oh my god, like that was violent, even for like this i was surprised yeah uh, but we we see ventress is spying on camino i think this is hinting at arc troopers but i'm not entirely sure uh but we see grievous again uh they're looking to destroy camino so uh clone production can be stopped and if they were able to take control of the base that's what would have happened here uh so it is up to fives echo cut up and heavy to save the day once rex and cody uh, get there again they're like okay so they're out here and it's like oh there's eels i've never seen an eel before and then immediately cut up just gets oh it's so gnarly 
full cut off, like I, I, lich indeed. That one like hurt me really bad because I'm yeah, like, I loved him in Clone Cadets, and even early in this episode, and he just gets just killed for a gag. I'm like, come on, man! Like, in the, like yeah, oh, it's like. <laughs> It's uh, such uh, there's Dave. no wheels he out here keep, immediately. Like, it's such yeah, Austin, Austin, Dave. He can't keep getting away with this. But, it's like, like, one, like oh yeah, that was in the eel. Genosis episode where they're on the gunship and, and then the clones yeah. just explode. I don't remember yeah. what the line is, but it, it's one of those moments like that. Uh, yeah, that's why we don't go outside. <laughs> then we got the what like, the I hell know, was that not, that we talked about? Yeah, that, which, uh, that's an eel. Yeah, <laughs> like Echo is just kind of savage in this episode. Just watches with like one line. That's an yeah. eel. Okay, thanks, man. Yeah, and also again, Rex, super badass. That same eel comes out, one shots it instantly. Oh my god, it, I screamed. Like, that was like what? That was great. It's great. It is, yeah, it is so. It's very cool. Rex is like a bona fide badass in this episode. I couldn't tell which one of them said it was either Rex or Cody, but we got what I think is our second. I have a bad feeling about this. Uh, since it was Cody. It was Cody. Okay, I wrote down Rex, so I guess I just watched the scene wrong. Uh, but we get that scene from the Clone Wars Season 7 trailer when they first announced that it was coming back. The, Dude, uh, the I rewatched that Captain trailer Sir. because of that scene. Like, oh, I forgot that started, the trailer. I was like, oh, it's this scene! And I got so excited because that the way I got, they I, used that in the trailer is perfect. And I I started crying. I was like, I need to rewatch this trailer now. That trailer is so good, by the way. I remember where I was when I saw the news for the first time, and it was dude. I was at work, and I almost punched a coworker in excitement. Because literally, like two weeks before that, I was talking like with my friend, like I think they're gonna. Something tells me when Disney Plus comes, they're going to do like a Siege of Mandalore movie or something. And then two weeks later, Clone Wars Season 7 got announced. And I was so crazy. Uh, it, it, uh, I love this so much. Uh, I really hope someday they do the uh, unfinished animated I hope, arcs. I, I oh, for sure. Even if it's just like one-offs or something. Oh, yeah. They would be. I, I just I would love to see them again. Yeah, Rex's Top Gun arc in particular is one I'd like to see. That would be so cool. I need Rex, I need Yoda with the Wookiees, just all of it, really. Yes. I even want to see, I mean, you can still watch it, but I even want to see, like, Crystal Crisis fully animated. Like, Yes, definitely. It, I think it would just be really cool to see. And I get why they chose the two arcs they chose to adapt uh, with Clone Wars Season 7, before we got to the Siege of Mandalore, obviously. Because they one is a Rex arc and one is a, an Ahsoka arc. But, and again, and again, I love what we got, but I, I wish we got I wish we got to see more of those. But, who knows, maybe we'll get it in the future. Uh, crossing my fingers, because people still love Clone Wars. 14 years later, people still talk about it. I see it every day on my Twitter feed. So That is because of episodes like this, yeah, for sure. It's got staying Definitely. Power. I mean, it's yeah, it's this early in the show's in the show's run compared to like other episodes that are like so popular, and it it holds up, and I think it holds up because of how like it's a it, it's fun, but it's also kind of like a classic Star Wars it's story a because you Star Wars story, yeah, because you've got these underdog clones, these rookies who are like who were 
even though they learned to work together as a team, were rushed into combat earlier than they should have been, having to deal with like these these way more advanced droids than most clones have to deal with, and then legions of of normal battle droids. Legions of battle droids, they're cut off. They can't contact the Jedi. Um, yeah, so they have to they have to improvise, which is like leads to some great moments. Rex and Cody's respect because he sees the three of them, and Rex is like, "Oh, look, Cody, we got a batch of shinies here." And yeah. I just, again, we talked about how cool Rex is in this episode. I love his plan of, with the Roger Roger. I, I love that, that was, that was fantastic. Holding a droid head up to the camera. I, like, I Nothing love that his vocal modulator. Uh, Roger yeah. Roger. Take, take off your helmet. Let me see your faceplate. <laughs> and then the, the doors open. Roger Roger. And then just. Oh, it's so off. cool. It's uh, great. That was badass. It's so cool. That moment. Is, is so it's cool. a top. That's definitely a top, like top ten Rex. That's moment. like that's like on par with like boring conversation. Anyway, like it's just it's just so cool yeah. and like funny. It's great. And then he and then like he faces off against the lead droid who has a machete. And oh, I he just I literally it. screamed, "Oh shit!" <laughs> when the the droid pulled out the machete. I was not. I've seen this episode like five times. But even then, I was like, oh my fucking god. Like, I was not expecting the joy to pull out a oh. goddamn knife. I wish I could forget this episode so I could watch it watch for, it like, the quote-unquote first time. First time. Yeah. The, the, the commando droids are really cool. I mean, the whole thing is really, is really fun as well and like just like it even gets even better when we get to like the like the big finale when the the normal battle droids arrive and they come up with that like plan you know and i feel for that poor gonk droid that they were like pushing along when they come up with the plan to explode the base because it's like <laughs> that poor guy he's just walking along he doesn't he doesn't know he doesn't know what he's doing he doesn't realize he's about to get like hooked up to some liquid to banner and be like blown sky high there's another Poor great dude. moment that I love. I think it was between Echo and Heavy, where Echo was like, "Yeah, I got that one," and Heavy was like, "Yeah, like hell you did." I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> just, and know. then like Heavy just gloats at the like destroyed battle droid. Not so tough now, are you, Sparky? <laughs> it's just, it's really good. Like, like the personality. I think they call them tweezers at one point in this episode. They too. do. They do I call them tweezers that so much. Uh, wow, I did not notice that. I was like, did they just call the Commando Droids Tweezers? Just, uh, I, I, again, one thing I have learned to love, or, I mean, just love more than I already did, is just clone terminology and lingo in these episodes. I just, I love how they have their own, like, war jargon thing. It's just, yeah, I love it. Just gives it a layer of authenticity. Like the, it gives it more of a wartime feeling, giving them all their own like jargon for the droids and like all their nicknames and stuff. It exactly. creates a culture which is really well. I mean, yeah, it's it's engrossing enough like, that people start to care about them all. Even ones for their own, like having shiny be like a derogatory term for like rookie clones that haven't like experienced combat yet, and we get to see how they uh, echo fives and heavy shed that term in this episode. I, one thing I always forget is I always forget Echo has, like, the hand on his armor until, like, I see it. And I feel like his, like, binoculars on his helmet disappeared a couple times in this episode. Uh, 
Yeah, but, I think possibly. But that's just yeah. animation errors. They happen. It wasn't. It didn't distract me. I just noticed it a couple times. I um, wish he'd kept the handprint for Bad Batch, like because he has that handprint all the way through his appearances in the show, and then he just they they don't give it him back for his Bad Batch design. I just wish he kept it because it's it's rather like. It, it, I mean, before that, it was kind of iconic to the character. But yeah, that's I, yeah, just a minor I, I love Echo's, like, arc trooper look, too. So, yeah, I mean, I like his Bad Batch look, but it's, 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 he's got my least favorite of, like, the five, I will say. But I guess that's just because he's, like, a, a new recruit. But, I mean, I, I do love Echo, though, uh, a lot. Uh, but we, we see the fleet approaching. Cody changes the plans to destroy the outpost itself. And we get, honestly, I mean, I talked about how Cut Up got me. And we talked about Commander Keeley earlier in the series. But Heavy has, I think, the first true, like, really, really sad clone death in the whole series. Uh, yeah. It's such a great moment, too. Yeah, because heavy. It's just over overall like heavy in this episode is definitely the star. Like because it Rex is Rex is probably the scene stealer, but heavy is the star. Heavy is the one who kind of like pays off. Because we've we've talked about like how episodes like ambush and uh, the first part of the malevolence trilogy, like they 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 teed up the idea of the clones as individuals, and and the clones in there were like they were fun, but they had kind of muted personalities in comparison to some of the more like bigger ones like Rex who weren't in those episodes. So then you get heavy, a character like you come to care about and find funny and, and engaging. And then he has to like give his life when you're suddenly like, Oh, Oh, I'm really sad. He's gone. And then, and then it really pays off that idea because now suddenly you really have come to care about a clone trooper as a character, a single clone trooper, not just like a group of them. Yeah, and chronologically, you know, this was the first episode to do that. Exactly. Having exactly. A clone, like, because we see a bunch of clones die in this episode, but Heavy is the one that really hits. And when he's like, I know what I have to do. And yeah. you hear Rex and Cody on the other end saying, like, no, Heavy, what are you doing? Yeah. And then they and, and the way it's done, too, with like the the way the audio, the way that the music stops and you just hear the heartbeat and then all the ambient noise just like kind of goes so you can hear his final line. It's just really well, really good filmmaking. Like, we I love his final line. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. And and his line when the door opens too, when he when he's hefting the uh, rotary cannon, which I which I love. It's one of the coolest so clone cool. weapons. Yeah, like he yeah, looks, like he, open up. Particular looks so cool with that. Yeah. Gun. Yeah, it's just such a good one-liner when they open the door. Didn't say please. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, Love this it's man. just it's so cool. It's like proper like OT, original trilogy style uh, one-liners, and I love it. And it, it again, it this is a death that has stuck throughout the show. Because not only do we see it referenced in our troopers when we get to that, but also as late as the final season when Rex talks about Heavy's death. It is one of the defining moments of these clones' experiences. Of Even, what, three years into the war, they still remember the one mission they had with Heavy and you know how much his sacrifice meant to them. And we even see that with how Anakin and Obi-Wan honored his sacrifice at the end i thought it was all just a great 
moment and which made this a great a, a great war story and a great star wars story the outpost blowing up tips off the jedi that there was some separatist shenanigans going on the fleet arrives grievous immediately retreats and fives and echo are inducted into the 501st and they get more medals and it just reminds me that heavy never got to get his medal back from 99 pain Pain. Major all pain. I know is pain. <laughs> uh, all again, he knew was pain. I love this moment at the end with uh, Fives and Echo. Like, Darn it, Dave! It's like we we failed our mission, sir. We don't deserve this. And and Rex says they earned it. Anakin says I'd be honored to fight with you uh, anytime, anywhere. Yeah, and it's and he means that he as means well. It, yeah. Like especially especially with the malevolence art, you get the sense that Anakin means that and like genuinely respects them and their sacrifice. And then seeing how he ended up fighting so many battles with them, it it's just yeah. a great moment and just so getting stuff like this early on in the show, I I love it. Uh this, like I said, is it's one of my favorite Star Wars stories of all time. I think it's probably, I mean, I would say that there's, I would probably put the Umbara arc ahead of this, but it's maybe the most iconic clone episode of the series. And to me, it was the first episode of the show that really could show how great the show could truly be. Because there's been some fun episodes we've had. Uh, The Malevolence arc was fun. Ambush was great. But this was like the first one that this could truly be like, this can be on par with some of the, the movies. And this was easily my favorite arc that we've had so far. Um, I, I just, I, I, I love these two episodes. And Rookies in particular, I think, is just, it's one that stood the test of time. And it influenced so many stories uh, after it. And yeah. it really was a great step towards making the clones their own characters that you can follow. Because the Absolutely. fact that it's just them for the most, but like we get Anakin and Obi-Wan, but that's for like two minutes max. And we just follow yep. Rex Cody and Domino Squad for the rest of the episode, and it works, and it's so good. So yeah, I, it's, I can't it, say enough good things about it. Same, uh, like it's probably one of the Clone Wars episodes that I've rewatched the most overall because of just just how fun and like quotable it is, and how pivotal it winds up being to like the overall like series in general. Like the fact that it holds up amongst some of the like uh later more technically advanced and arguably more com- more complex episodes it's it's it just shows it's just a testament i think to it's like the the exec- the the way it's it's all like it's all brought together the way it's written the way the characters just kind of like come to life and and are like bursting with person with personality despite all ha- having the same face for the most part it's it's just really good. It's re- it's that kind of like Star Wars magic, and I love it. I agree. Connor, any yep. last thoughts before we wrap things up? This is just a solid episode, man. This is definitely one of my top ten Clone Wars episodes. Uh, I'm starting to figure that out now as we rewatch this show. I think uh, when, we, when we get to the end, I'm going to do a like actual top ten. Like Same. after watching, everything. I might do a top ten single episode ranking and a top 10 arcs ranking. Yeah, I think I'm going to do the same thing. So that'll be a nice thing to do get to when we get to the end. 
But we got a long way to go. Uh, but this was this was a really special one. Uh, are we all in agreement that rookies was our favorite of the ones we discussed? This yes. Week? Yeah. I, yeah, I would uh, say nothing like against Clock of Death because no I, I I adore that episode. But rookies is just it's on another level. So oh, it is. I, and that uh, wraps things up for our talk on Domino Squad media episode this week. Got a lot about celebration, a lot about these, but that's what happens when you get some really great episodes. So next time you see us will be our celebration recap special. Uh, And of course, we'll be having Obi-Wan Kenobi content spliced in between there as well as those episodes come out. But then the the next arc we will be discussing when we get to that will be the downfall of a droid arc, which is the one where R2-D2 gets lost. I have not revisited this since my <laughs> first watch of the show. So, Oh, this is going to be an interesting this, one. This will be an interesting one. I, I don't, don't remember, remember this off the top of my head. So I mean, it'll be, I'll be intrigued. I do not have positive feelings about this arc. I'll be, I'll be All interested right. to see if that changes upon my rewatch. Let's, let's see. I don't remember liking it that much either, but we'll, We'll get to it. I just remember Anakin really loving R2 being like a big portion of that. But when we get to that, it'll it'll be nice to revisit that and see if our thoughts change. So that'll be it for this week's episode. Hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, like I said, Kenobi content will be coming soon. Uh, where can the good people find you? Um, So they can find me uh, Twitter at Depa Banana. I just talk Star Wars and... I simp, and that's about it. That, and that, other random thoughts here and there. That's uh, um, That describes this show, honestly. We talk yep. Star Wars and we simp. Uh, you can also find me co-hosting uh, over at the Nerd Academy podcast, specifically our Star Wars show, Knights of the Nerd Republic. If you ever feel so inclined, my co-host, Jared, will be running a celebration stream to help just provide coverage on it all four days of Star Wars Celebration, and I will be joining in on three three or four of those days, so I'll be very excited for that. Um, but check out our other content that we have over there. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen, really. Um, and you can find me writing articles and stories super, 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 super slowly uh, at SWEditorIG.com. I work with a wonderful team of creatives where we talk, not talk, well, we discuss, but we also write Star Wars fan stories that are more than just Star Wars fan stories. We try to, we make it part of the overall quote-unquote canon of Star Wars. We just fit our own stories into it um, while just not really contradicting, contradicting anything that Lucasfilm has put out thus far. So, there's a lot of stories there already published. They're pretty freaking good, if I do say so myself. Yeah, I agree with that. Make sure to check out those streams as well. Uh, and Don, how about you? Uh, well, you can find me on Twitter uh, at Donovan Mead. Uh, I also talk Star Wars with the occasional smattering of politics, you know, Doctor Who, Marvel, that kind of thing. I also. You can also find me on Instagram, uh, Donovan underscore McComish, uh, no caps, where I just, you know, I mostly post stuff about my cats, uh, occasionally like books I'm reading. And I also, like Connor, I write articles and uh, I'm, I'm developing stories for 
sweditorig.com. Uh, like you said, the stories there are really cool in my in my opinion. It's it's a really cool group of people that are working on the stories together. Uh, we we try to like not contradict the canon and like tell these really like involved stories uh, in the margins that we hope that we hope are really appealing to everyone. So yeah, that's uh, that's that's cool. And you can follow me on Twitter at Starlight Andrew. You can also follow me on TikTok. Same username. Uh, I am, I believe, seven away from 300. So let's let's get get to 300, guys. We can do it. Uh, and you can also follow the podcast itself on Twitter at For the Repub Pod and on Instagram at For the Republic Pod uh, for all your further updates on the podcast. We gained a lot of followers this week, so I'm very excited about that. Hopefully, it keeps going up, and hopefully. More you guys stick around and join us on this fun talking about Star Wars and the world of animation. So we'll see you here after celebration. It's going to be a great time. Until then, though, as always, for light and life, and may the Force be with you, always.